Yo, I'm Shay Serrano. And I'm Brandon Jinx Jenkins. We have a new show called No Skips with Jinx and Shay. In it, we discuss the most unskippable albums in hip-hop history. New episodes drop on Thursdays, only on Spotify. This episode of The Town is brought to you by FX's Feud, Capote versus the Swans. The second installment in Ryan Murphy's Feud anthology tells the story of acclaimed writer Truman Capote, once a confidant to society's most elite women, whom he nicknamed the Swans. Starring Naomi Watts, Diane Lane, Chloe Sevigny, Calista Flockhart, Demi Moore, Molly Ringwald, and Tom Hollander. For your Emmy consideration, visit fxnetworks.com FYC. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. All right, we are back. You know, I'm not generally a person who gets starstruck. In fact, during my career, the only celebrity I've ever been nervous to meet was probably the first time I met Larry David at a party. Uh, That generally tells you the level of celebrity that I'm interested in. Maybe Oprah. But when people find out you work in entertainment or entertainment journalism, first thing they often ask is, so what's so-and-so like? Is Matt Damon really that nice? Is Ellen really that mean? That kind of thing. I always caveat it that I don't really know these people. You know, you see them, you have interactions with them, usually in a professional setting, sometimes a social setting. You don't really follow them home at night. You don't know them. But if you stick around in this business long enough, you get to know kind of the way people act, the way people are thought of. They develop reputations. So for about 10 or 12 years, when I was an editor at The Hollywood Reporter, I was one of the hosts of a roundtable show. You might have seen or read one of them. Six stars or creators together, one table, an hour-long moderated conversation, video, photo shoot, the whole thing. They'd usually take a few hours to do, so you spend a little time with these people. Maybe a few times they come on the roundtable show. That's in addition to other interactions you'd have with various famous people at interviews, events, festivals, lunches, charity breakfasts, photo shoots, etc. Even doing this show, I'll mention some celebrity and producer Craig will be like, hey, is that person cool? Not cool? And if I answer, he'll usually be curious. So Craig and I were chatting, and he actually came up with the idea. He said, why isn't this an episode of the show? Why don't we just go through people and say who's nice and who's an asshole? And I'm like, okay, well, we're not doing that. (laughs) We're not going to list who's an asshole. But at least, well, at least not today. I don't think I said let's talk about who's an asshole. I wanted to know who's nice. All right. You want to know who's nice. Craig did not want to know who. Maybe I said we'll do who's an asshole. But we're not doing that today. Uh, But we did think it would be fun to count down my picks for who the nicest people in Hollywood are. And to help me count down, I said, you know what? I'm going to call one of the nicest people in town that I know, Lacey Rose, who is an editor at The Hollywood Reporter. She covers mostly television, and she writes great celebrity and business profiles. And now she's the host of that same roundtable show that I used to host when I was at Hollywood Reporter. So she's interacted with a ton of famous people. Gives us both a little bit of perspective to really get into who are the nicest people in Hollywood. From Puck and the Ringer, I'm Matt Bellany, and this is The Town. All right, we are here with Lacey Rose from Hollywood Reporter. Lacey, welcome. First time in the pod. Thank you. Lacey and I are friends. We've worked together for many years at Hollywood Reporter, and she has graciously agreed to come on and talk about something that we would always talk about while we were gossiping at work and chatting about different stories we wanted to do. Who are the nicest people in Hollywood? So I came up with I came up with some rules 
that we're going to go by here. So you and I both picked five people. We mm -hmm. ranked them. We are friends, but neither of us has told the other person about our picks in advance. Neither of us has told producer Craig, who will be the moderator here. And if there's a dispute, he will come in and adjudicate. Um, are you up to that task, Craig? Very much so. Okay. Now, the rule is it has to be someone that you and I has had a personal experience with. Enough to form an opinion. But our picks can't just be based on our own personal experience. I recognize we are journalists. We work in media. Famous people especially are often on their best behavior around us. They often have publicists or other representatives in the room. So I'm not saying that this is the end-all, be-all of what these people are. But we did do research. We actually called people. We talked to agents, executives. We did some actual reporting here, uh, if you can call it that. And uh, we wanted to figure out who, who is actually great. I got a lot of people telling me who's not so great. Um, yep. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm talking to you, Julia Roberts. Okay. But we're going, we're not going there. We're going directly to the, who nice, who the nicest people are. Uh, the other rule is the person must be currently alive. That is a rule. Uh, it can't be someone who is like, let's say super old and maybe the interactions that we've had occurred with this person was old. So the niceness might just be a product of their age. Like I initially had Henry Winkler on my list cause he's super nice, but I have no idea what Henry Winkler you know, back in the 80s and 90s was like, so I'm not going to include him. Uh, Ted Danson's another one. Everyone loves Ted Danson, but we're not going to include him. Uh, the more famous you are, the bigger the deal is if you are nice. So like super famous person who's, who's pretty nice is valued a little bit more than like not so famous person who's also, uh, who's actually perhaps nicer. So it's kind of a sliding scale. Um, no children. And any disputes, I said this, will be moderated by producer Craig. All right, you get the rules? Wait, were we also doing like people who everyone knows wildly like nice? Yeah, we're, exactly. We're not, there's no value in us telling everybody that Matt Damon is super nice. Like everyone knows that. It's sort of out there. He's like the famously nice person in Hollywood. So we're not including people like that. We're including people that, that we think are not undercover, but are super nice and like maybe don't get the credit for it. Deserve more love. Yes, deserve more love. All right, I'm going to go first just because I know uh, I know that you. My my prediction is that you and I will overlap on a couple. Okay, but we'll we'll see. I have a question before you guys start. Uh, upon your research and investigations, how many times did you receive repeat names on somebody that oh, is constantly, nice? constantly? Yes, that's why this is a good experiment because the people who have good reputations, it travels. They become known as being super nice. Okay, so. Uh, all right. And, and I focused on stars, like, you know, not journalists. We could do a separate list for like TV broadcasters who are super nice. Uh, I'd probably put Gail King there, maybe Savannah Guthrie, but I didn't include like general famous people or, or news people or, or things, people that are not famous for being Hollywood people. All right, let's go. My number five, Amy Adams. <laughs> Almost at her. Mm-hmm. You almost did. Oh, really? Honorable mention. She did a bunch of Hollywood Reporter roundtables because she's been nominated for Oscars a bunch of times. Uh, I've you know been at a couple events with her. Just like she's just like down to earth mom. Got great mom energy, and you know just like normal. You can have a normal conversation with her. She's you know not everybody I talk to is like oh yeah. Outside of the the work, she's like normal Santa Monica mom. Like not really an industry Hollywood person. 
she was on my honorable mention. I'm not going to dispute that one at all. I would say my first one, um, Jennifer Aniston, who I think. Oh, wow. Your number five is Jennifer Aniston? Jennifer, yes. And I think, look, I think there's like a whole narrative around her that was created by the sort of tabloid culture, right? Like you think of Jennifer Aniston and you're like, oh, whoa, was Jennifer Aniston never married, never kid, whatever. Um, and I think sort of lost in that is like, first off, it's remarkable that this woman is, has not, that there hasn't been sort of a mental health toll um, from, from all that she's gone through. I, uh, I profiled her uh, at the end of last year, mm-hmm. waiting to, to at, at her home paparazzi parked all up and down uh, the street still to this day. I mean, so so all of that aside, she is known, well known for being a warm, kind person, uber professional, a consummate host. I mean, everyone that you sort of talk to is, you know, been to a party she's done for any number of holidays. Every Sunday when she's in town, she hosts all of her friends for, you know, Sunday fun days. Um, there's, there's tequila, there's food, there's games. Um, and the other thing I would say, and you may roll your eyes at this, but I think one of the things that happens when you're profiling someone is, and I'm always amazed is you, you sit down with them. You've never met them before. And they are sort of expected to sort of open up and tell you all these sort of intimate details of, of their life. Right. And nobody ever asks anything about the, about you, about the person that's asking them. And, and by the way, when I'm sitting down to it, I don't, I don't, I don't want to spend any of the time. You have a limited amount of time. I don't want to spend that time talking about me, but nevertheless, I'm always surprised that like, they don't want to know anything before they divulge all of this stuff. Jennifer Aniston is probably one of five people out of the hundreds of people I've sat down with who seemed genuinely interested, asked multiple follow-up questions, kept coming back to things in my life. And I found that when I brought it up with other people, everyone says, yep, that tracks. Oh, that's interesting. Oprah does that. Oprah does that. But Oprah, but that's Oprah's job. Correct. That is what, <laughs> that is Oprah. Like, that's not Jennifer Aniston's job. Right. Yeah. Uh, that's a good one because she's super famous. Yeah. She, super she famous. always seemed to me like someone who would have a great dinner party. And she does every single week. <laughs> you just don't get the invite. Right. I know. I am open. I'm open. Matt at puck.net. They're available Sunday, Sunday. Yes, exactly. All right. That's a good one. I'm going to go to my number four. My number four is Sterling K. Brown. Mm-hmm. Oh, I got a mm-hmm from you. You've also had interactions yeah, with him. Yeah, I, I just find him. He's super earnest. He is intellectually curious, total professional. You know, I've interacted with him at some social events and he's just like very, you know, grateful for every opportunity he's ever had. Just super, super nice. Uh, yes. I mean, and also really smart. I mean, it's a Stanford guy. Like, he's he's a smart, uh, good dude. Yeah, I mean- I will forgive flash- him the Stanford thing, <laughs> yes. but- uh, There's some flashing of the abs that I think was was what, what my reaction was, but no, I totally- <laughs> You can be nice and have great abs. Totally. I mean, and trust I me, I, I, get that, I get that question all the time. <laughs> he's great. Totally great and, and enormously talented. Uh, all right. Who's your number? Who's your number four? Uh, my number four. Uh, and, and you may tell me this, this one. So this one is, is maybe, maybe obvious, but was going to be Will Ferrell. Oh, wow. You know, he was on my, he was on my list, Okay, but I, you know, my interactions with him have not been that, that many. I, I he's been fine, but like, I just kind of experienced him as being kind of quiet, but give me your, give me your pitch. Okay. 
So, well, I think, I think that's right. Look, I think that like you, you want to see him and you want him to be on, right? Like you want him to be sort of larger than life than like his characters. Like that's not who he is. So if that's mm-hmm. what you're sort of expecting from him, you're going to be disappointed. Um, I profiled him. I went to Boston uh, where he was shooting the Ryan Reynolds uh, Christmas movie that he's doing last year. Mm-hmm. Um, he, not unlike Amy Adams, is a like, super regular guy, like a really nice sort of present guy. I mean, I think like, you know, I remember Lorne Michaels saying to me, like he, he sort of attributed how sort of well-adjusted he is to both how tall he is, which we both know is is very rare in, in Hollywood and he's very tall. Mm-hmm. And also like the guy's been married for 21, 22 years, has this like very normal uh, personal life, three boys, coaches them, whatever. Um, he's the guy that like, you know, you're on a movie set. He has his phone locked in his trailer. Like he's not someone who sits on his phone all the time. I mean, he literally like, he's the guy you call on his landline. Like he's mm-hmm. still that guy. Um, and I think he's just, there's literally no one you meet that's, that has something bad. Like everyone loves that guy. And I think there's also, you know, with a lot of comedy people, like their comedy comes from a darkness doesn't mm-hmm. seem to exist with him. And I think there's also a desire for com- like big comedy people like to want to be taken seriously, right? There's always this like hankering to do this like big dramatic role. And, like he just wants to be funny. He just wants to laugh. He wants to make you laugh. He wants to make himself laugh. And and I think that's what like, that's what you see from him. I mean, he's still trying to make Eurovision and movies, you know, big, broad things. Um, and yeah, so he feels like a sort of obvious one. Uh, that's a good pitch. Sold. Sold. You know, the, right. the, uh, that, that's the thing that's interesting. And that's why it was so weird. That whole feud with Adam McKay and the split and everything is like, he does seem like just salt of the earth guy. You know, the guy, the guy you see in the sidelines of football games, because that's how he wants to use his fame to get on the sideline of the USC football game because he likes watching football. Yes. And I think, yes. But, and I think the reason that like, it's sort of reds, like that, that whole thing became bigger than it perhaps needed to be was like, I think he sort of feels for that guy. Like, I think right. he's, he's really sort of endearing in his like big goofy way. And right. he does like ridiculous things. I mean, the, he, he's the guy, like he did a movie all in Spanish. He did like, he's a, <laughs> he did the Lifetime movie, which I remember was one of your favorite things. Oh yeah. With Kristen <laughs> Wiig. That was amazing. Yeah. Because he like just wants to have fun. And like, right. I don't know, in a in a world in which everyone wants to be, get their Oscar and be taken seriously. Like that's, that's unique and uh, cool. And it's interesting that he's a comedy guy and doesn't seem to have that darkness, which leads yeah. into my number three pick, Jimmy Kimmel. He's my number three, too. Oh, he is. Oh, wow. Well, I am tied with someone, but, but go on. Okay. I thought we might overlap on that one because you and I have had conversations about Kimmel in the past and we've done stuff with him at Hollywood Reporter and I've, um, you know, I've interacted with him a little bit. Just like for a guy like that who has that perch and has been famous a long time just totally normal like seems like a guy that you literally would go and watch football at his house on sunday i he's literally he is he is my number three i actually paired him with seth myers um, oh interesting interesting um i'm not sure if that (laughs) if those were the rules but well i've never i I, listen i've never had any interactions with seth myers so he's disqualified for me but i know you've done stuff with him i've done stuff on both of them i've I've profiled both of them i've I've spoken to him on on many occasions yeah i mean listen like late night television and comedy in general like is not known as like a warm and fuzzy 
um, environment. I mean, I, I, the, most of these hosts sort of dating all the way back are not known for being sort of overly nice. And I think the things you sort of hear over and over about Seth and about Jimmy Kimmel are like, yeah, just like how sort of genuinely kind they are. I think the other thing I would say about both of them, um, and this is sort of a, a sort of journalism tell, is one of the things when I'm writing profiles of, of other people. You know, you have to call four or five people to sort of get to be secondary voices in someone else's profile. And, and listen, there, there's a lot of people who like don't really want to spend time talking about somebody else and how, how great somebody else is. And there's also a, a, a contingent of people who are willing to do that or are willing to get on the phone and tell you how great someone else is. But you what you realize is most of their stories also find a way to sort of bring it back to themselves, right? Right. Seth and Kimmel are the first people to say yes to talk about anyone. I've talked to them about, you know, everyone from, you know, a, a Bill Hader to, to Stern to Andy Samberg to whomever. They're always, they always make the time. And it feels genuine. Yeah, that's funny you say that because they were, they, Kimmel volunteered, he and his wife volunteered to talk about Ted Sarandos and his wife when I profiled them. Always. Um, yeah, that's funny. You know, I think you mentioned that that late night people aren't are typically that. I think that is a an outdated thing because if you look at the hosts now, I mean Colbert is a super nice guy. Uh, Trevor Noah is lovely, um, at least you know in my interactions with him. Um, you know Fallon has his demons, but you know genuinely a nice guy. And you know you and I remember we we did a Bill Maher profile together once, and he's a little prickly, but I think he's just kind of genuinely skeptical of media. He doesn't think he gets enough respect. But I wouldn't put him in the nice category. No, I would not put Bill Maher in the nice category. Um, very talented, great show. I love it, but yeah, he's he's kind of the old school model. But these this new generation of late night hosts, most of them are pretty nice. Listen, yes, it's certainly not as as cutthroat and and competitive as it as it once was. Yeah, no, I I was certainly referring to sort of the history of mm -hmm. late night, um, where yeah, you you never sort of heard about you know Carson being a particularly sort of warm nice no. guy or Letterman or Leno even. Exactly. Are, are not exactly known for that. And I think that is very different from what you hear now. But I would say those two in particular are the ones you sort of hear the, the, the sort of real stories about. Okay. We're going to my number two. My number two is Allison Janney. Mm, good one. Lovely person. And I've seen her a lot because she's one of those rare people that she's, she's a TV and a film person who gets awards for both. And she pops up at award shows a lot. She's done a number of roundtables. I've seen her in social settings. Um, I actually, weirdly, I know her personal assistant a little bit, and I just think she is a genuinely sincere and kind person in my interactions with her. I couldn't fight you. I couldn't even begin to fight you on that one. And it gets to another issue here, which is a through line on most of the people that I've picked, actually all of them. The later in life that you get famous the more likely you are to have a better head on your shoulders and to end up being a nice person, in my opinion. What do you think about that? I think that's 100% true. I, I mean, listen, I, I remember doing oral histories and whatnot on, on the West Wing, and that was a really crazy show to put together. It was a lot of really late nights and, and whatnot. And like, yes, not once did you hear anything but how sort of lovely she was um, on that and, and everything since. And she's someone who was not 
famous until after 30. You know, she uh, rose to prominence on the West Wing, probably, what was she, late 30s, early 40s? And, you know, same with Sterling K. Brown. He was not famous until he was a little bit older. Amy Adams was the same way. Junebug, I think she was like 31, 32 when she got famous for that. So, you know, it's it's the kind of thing where fame will do a lot to you at a young age. And that's why I think it's telling that most of our people that we have picked have been in their 40s and 50s. Yep. Uh, all right. Who's your number two? My number two is Tom Hiddleston. Loki. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So you, you referenced the, the round tables up front uh-huh. and I will, um, he was recently on our drama actor round table, which, mm-hmm. um, you know, was, it was Sam Jackson and, and, um, Michael Keaton and Oscar Isaac. I mean, it was, it was a really great group. Um, I had heard Tom Hiddle. I mean, I'd, I'd always heard that he was a uber professional guy and just like a really genuinely sort of kind, nice guy. He got to our our roundtable. He walked before anyone else was sort of there. He walked into the room. There was probably 25, 20, 25 people um, in the room already. No other talent, you know, from PAs to all the way to, you know, the, the producer of the whole thing. Went around, shook absolutely every person's hand, introduced himself, got the person's name, looked them in the eye, connected, and the only other person I've ever heard do that is probably Tom Cruise. And I think he didn't pop up on either of our lists. And I think there's a, there's a lot else going on there. Oh Um, yeah. Never, never. I mean, professional, but never going to be on a list. Correct. But this, but it was something and, and he does this and it's funny, you know, it, it touched, it meant something to a lot of people in that room. And, and after the round table on which he was, he was wonderful. He was very deferential. I mean, to the point where I sometimes want to be like, you can you can jump in here, but that's not necessarily who he is. Um, you know who did that on a roundtable was Lady Gaga did that when I, on a roundtable that I hosted. Oh, I like that. She did it for when she was on for Star yep. is Born. And that was like Jennifer Lawrence. That was, mm-hmm. I think Glenn Close was on that one. Um, there was a, it was a pretty high-powered one. I think she just, as someone who comes from music, she was just happy to be included and she respected these people and she was nice about it. Like, just totally lovely. She, yeah. I mean, she actually has has that reputation. I would say, so at the end of the roundtable, I said to Tom, because I feel like, you know, you should know your impact. I said, you know, that, that I'm really impressed that you did that. You know, it, it, it meant something to a lot of people in that room. And he was like, listen, I remember being number 51 on the call sheet or 35 on the call sheet. And like, it mattered to me too. Um, and I was super impressed. All right. So I'm going to go to my number one, Craig, do we have a drum roll? My number one, Brian Cranston. Sort of suspected he would be on your list. Interesting. Yeah. I just love him. I think that he's a total mensch. Another one who got famous later in his career. Um, I, you know, have interviewed him several times, always comes prepared, great answers, really engaging, I hosted a dinner with him once uh, in Toronto and and it, it, one of those, you know, celebrity promotional dinners for their movies where you end up sitting next to someone for two hours and you're like, oh, this person doesn't want to be here. You're trying to, you know, make them feel comfortable. Cranston is completely comfortable in every situation. Great stories, really engaging. And just like the nicest guy, which is kind of weird because his publicist is not that and is sort of awful. But Cranston himself, amazing remembers conversations you've had um you know 
will come up to you at events and say like, Hey, how you doing? Like that kind of thing. Really, really good guy. Yeah. There's literally nobody who would have a bad thing to say about that guy. And I think you see it. Like, I think that his success has been sort of celebrated by so many people. Um, listen, Breaking Bad was like a phenomenal show. I think everyone, that helps. Everybody um, loves his that, work too. And everybody watches, correct. everybody loves Breaking Bad. So I get, I, I think he gets the benefit of the doubt there, but he's still nice. Yes, but I think that everyone was so excited by the by the fact that it was him and that he was having that success. Um, yeah, I can't I can't argue on that one. Okay, your number one, another drum roll, please. This may come as as sort of a, a more a more obvious one, but I couldn't. There's just no debating it. I feel like she's Tom Hanks category, and that's Jennifer Garner. Oh wow. You're confirming every every tabloid cover of all time. She really is that nice. She really, uh, genuinely that nice. I mean, almost to a sort of frightening extent. Um, like there's just no edge whatsoever. Um, again, like those sort of journalism tells, I profiled her, I guess, a year or two ago. Um and there's this thing that happens when you when you go out to other people to um, have them talk about whoever it is you're profiling. And the publicists do this sort of song and dance to to protect their clients in case they don't want to talk about them. And they'll say, you know, they're really busy with editing their their latest movie or they're they've got you know all sorts of stuff going on. But I'll see uh, that happened when I went out to the sort of J.J. Abrams and the, the Jason Reitman's and the whatnot on Jennifer Garner and. I was like, okay, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see, sure. And as soon as these publicists connected to the actual people, the JJs and, and the Reitmans and, and what have you, it was like, how quickly can they get on the phone? And, and then once they were on the phone, like couldn't get them off the phone because they were so busy sort of gushing about how wonderful she is. And also with like personal, like real anecdotes, not just like they're wonderful because they're wonderful. Like, let me tell you five stories about how wonderful this person is. Um, she's another one that there were people like park paparazzi sort of park down the, down the street. Um, Listen, I don't think I, I think normally when you tell me and we've had this conversation a million times when we work together, like writing about someone who is just nice is kind of the is, is not an enviable assignment. Um, yeah, it's the Steve Carell problem. It's the Steve problem. It's, it's like Great actor. Like amazing career. Super boring. And I think because of the sort of world around Jennifer Garner and what she's had to sort of put up with in, in her life by virtue of having been married to Ben Affleck, like she is aggressively <laughs> not boring. Right. Um, but yeah. Okay. So I, I don't want to, I'm not going to contradict you, you here. I have heard, I have heard some, I know people in her life that have said that, yes, that 90% of the time she is that way. 10% of the time she's not. And that's but fine. What she's not look like, what does that mean? That just, listen, I don't want to get into specifics, but just like she can be short with people. And there were all those stories about her, you know, calling the paparazzi and telling them where she's going to be. And, you know, that, that kind of stuff I, I don't love, but I don't buy that. You don't buy minute. that at all. Matt, have you met her? I have not met her personally. Mm, that disqualifies you. This is absolutely, that's why this is not my choice. This yep. is absolute hearsay. Uh, I don't buy the paparazzi thing for for a minute. Um, I, I mean, this is someone who who's like kids. I mean, I remember her telling me these stories about like how her daughter got kicked off a soccer team because 
paparazzi just kept coming and like it's and our kids there there were yeah. no family pictures because our kids are so afraid of cameras like i have a really hard time believing i feel bad uh, for that that is the case for a lot of people the the calling ahead um is is a very real thing i think she's the woman who literally would like dive in the back of a pool guy's truck to be able to go to a park to see her kids play she took Ben Affleck to Arby's on the way to dropping him off at rehab. So she's doing now the Lord's work. That is a good woman. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. So I'll give you that one. So we're, your list is recap for us. My list was Jennifer Aniston, Will Ferrell, uh, Jimmy Kimmel, and Seth Meyers, Tom Hiddleston, Jennifer Garner. All right. My list is Brian Cranston, Allison Janney, Jimmy Kimmel, Sterling K. Brown, and Amy Adams. So I guess Kimmel by virtue of being on both of our lists, is the nicest person in Hollywood. Apparently so. Now, I will say, I on my honorable mention list, I had both Amy Adams and Brian Cranston. Okay. I also had Margot Robbie and Ed Helms. Oh, that's good ones. I had Octavia Spencer. Yep, that was would be a good one. Yep. I had jo- Josh Gad, who's not super famous, but like is a great guy. Um, I had Conan. Conan, who is always great. I mean, he's another comedy person who surprisingly is not like dark all the time. Um, I didn't include him because I had heard that he he has some neuroses sometimes that can manifest into not being so nice. Uh, but but all around, love this list. I look forward to people throughout the industry texting and emailing me saying, actually, this person's an asshole. And here's why. So feel free. free. We will not have a follow-up episode. This is our definitive list. Maybe we'll do some other categories sometime. But uh, Craig, what do you think about this list? I found it fascinating. I have a few quick awards I'd like to give uh, based on your guys' picks. Uh, Biggest surprise? Tweet Matt and I uh, if you agree or disagree. To me, biggest surprise, Jennifer Aniston. That shocks me. Yep. Yep. That was the point. Why does it shock you? Just because she's so famous? She's so famous, has to deal with so much paparazzi. She's been famous for so long, since she was like 22. And the way you were like, Julia Roberts, not great. I, I could have thought the exact same thing about Jennifer Aniston. So that's biggest That's su- true. Biggest surprise. Not surprised at all, Kimmel and Seth Meyers. They seem like great guys. Uh, well, Kimmel's friends with Simmons, so he's probably come into your world a couple times. True. Uh, the most relieving award is Will Ferrell. Thank God. Thank <laughs> God. Uh-huh. That would have ruined a lot of people my age and, and everyone really's uh, perception of him. And, and like, you know, they say, don't meet your heroes. Thank God Will Ferrell is nice. And then pl- the pleasantly surprised award was Amy Adams. That's kind of cool. I mean, she's like a huge Hollywood actress. And then, and then Lacey, you saying Margot Robbie. She would be the youngest person on this list. Pleasantly surprised. That's nice. I liked Margot Robbie as well. She did a round table that I moderated and she, I, I think she will ultimately be a very successful producer as well. Already is. Yeah, she already is. She's super smart. Mm-hmm. She like is savvy. She knows how to leverage her celebrity to get projects off the ground. Um, I think she's got a she's a she's one to bet on. I'm long on Margot Robbie. I I mean yes, I, I would say like she's somebody that like everyone enjoys working with, and you'll you see people sort of working with her again and again. And she's also like got that like Australian cool thing down. Like she'll do interviews like over a beer. She's just cool. Um, which gives her some some extra points. Right. Uh, all right, this has been great. Lacey Rose, we will have you back again. Read your profiles, read your analysis, read everything you do at Hollywood Reporter, and you can watch the roundtables. They're on YouTube. They're great. Thank you for having me. All right, we are back with the call sheet, my daily prediction. 
before that, Craig, we never asked you, do you have a nicest star in Hollywood? I was thinking about it. Uh, and yeah, I've, I've met a decent amount of people in my last four years at The Ringer, but there is one that has stood out. And it I think it's going to surprise you. Uh-oh. Uh, Quentin Tarantino. Oh, wow. That's hilarious. Because he is famously prickly. <laughs> yeah, so I, I can't comment on like what I've heard because I don't think, I don't know anybody else who's met him other than Ringer don't, people. And don't Google Quentin Tarantino toes. Yeah, I know there's a feet okay. thing. All right, all right. But he came in to do three rewatchables, could not have been nicer. At the end of his three movie stint, he brought each of us a little gift bag, including me, which, you know, a lot of the times they don't really talk to the producer. A little gift bag, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood soundtrack, like these cool magazine covers. Uh, and he was, he like shook everybody's hands, super nice, chatted for like an hour after we were done every time. Really friendly. That is not my experience with him. Uh, although I have, <laughs> I had him on a roundtable once at Hollywood Reporter in which he sort of tried to direct the whole thing himself, even though there were like four other filmmakers there, including, you know, big names. It was kind of a moment. I think he was in a good mood because he got to come in and chat about movies. I was going to say, if you are, if you're talking about movies, he, you know, and you're a movie fan, I'm sure he's going to love it. The funny Tarantino headline I saw this week was that his child, uh, he's having another kid, but his kid, he said, has only watched one movie. And he said it was Despicable Me 2. <laughs> minions, man. <laughs> All comes back to the Minions. But that leads to my prediction because we've got Thor, Love and Thunder coming out this weekend. And I think this movie faces a little bit of a challenge. You know, the the reviews are not as great as the last Thor. It's the second one directed by Taika Waititi. And it's coming out in the midst of Minion Mania, as we've talked about, where, you know, if teens and 20-somethings are all flocking to that. Maybe that'll hurt it a little bit. The last Thor opened to $123 million. But earlier this summer, the Doctor Strange movie opened to 180 something So the tracking is in the middle. It's at 150 I'm going to take the under on Thor. I just think that a little bit of fatigue. They, the other thing is they went comedy with the last Thor. This is the fourth in the series. And once you go comedy on an action franchise, it's a little bit difficult to sustain that as a serious action movie. Um, I think the reason why people liked the last one so much was because it was a surprise. It was like, oh, Thor has a beer belly and is making jokes. And that kind of wears off a little bit. So I'm going to... I'm going to take the under on this one. I don't think it's going to be as huge of a hit, but we'll see. I agree with you that it might not be as well received because usually comedies, I mean, sequels to comedies usually never work. They're not as funny. However, I would take the over because the first one was so good that everyone will for sure see the second. I think they will walk out of the theater being disappointed, but I think it will get as many people, if not more people in the theater. That's That could be true. You know, like Anchorman 2 made more money than Anchorman 1, but obviously not as funny. Right. And uh, then where we really see the impact is on the ultimate box office, because the last Thor did 854 worldwide, and that is with China. This movie will likely not get a Chinese release, and it will probably not have the same word of mouth. The thing is, it does have pretty much the rest of the summer before the Brad Pitt movie all to itself. And it could play and play like we've seen this past summer. Also, the tracking has been wildly off this summer. I mean, a way, way under-anticipated Minions, under-anticipated Top Gun, over-anticipated Lightyear. So we'll see if this, these numbers are even right. Well, so are you, are you, ba- are you taking the over now? No, no, no. Like I'm, taking, I'm still taking the under. Okay. I'm still right. taking the under. 
but uh, but neither would surprise me. Okay. All right, that is the show. I want to thank Lacey Rose for coming on. I want to thank producer Craig Horlbeck, and we will see you next week. 